been a great year. And beyond celebrating some great times together and beyond doing some great ministries together, we're also celebrating some great gains that we made right here at our church together. This year we gained in worship leadership Kim Newmeyer. Everybody just say thank you. All right. <laughs> this year we gained in our children's ministry an iPad check-in system that just adds greater security for children and parents for all of our youngest children. We added a preteen ministry called Tower 56 for fifth and sixth grade children that's just really preparing them and getting them ready to move into junior high. We started in the children's ministry to update every classroom, including paint and, and safety and graphics and technology, and increase in attendance in the Wednesday night program. Then we gained a brand new curriculum aimed at helping each student really develop personally a heart for God. And so that's happening in all of our children's ministries. And then in our junior high and high school ministry, there was an update in their classrooms, including paint and furniture and technology for them as well. They've been seeing an increase in attendance to all of their key events in their camps. In those ministries, there's been a strong focus on helping those students, junior high and high school, make their faith in Jesus Christ their own. It's just not their parents' faith anymore. And parents, as you bring your kids to church, you know, they, they, they gain knowledge, they, they gain uh, a heart for God, they see a, uh, a model before them. But in our junior high and high school ministry, more than ever before, they're helping those students develop their own faith and really own their faith and begin to live for Christ. And so we're, we're excited about those gains. Then this year we gained in our adult C group ministry a total of 75% of our adult attendance that is now in a midweek Bible study, C group study. Folks, that's the healthy mark that all churches try to reach. And we've reached that and we're so excited about that gain. Midweek, you guys are coming and getting a booster shot in God's word. You're praying together, you're fellowshipping together, you're supporting each other through the things of life. And so we're excited about that gain. And then in this year, in our ministry in Juarez, Mexico, we've been able to help them expand their feeding program. Now they're feeding 100 kids five days a week. Can you imagine that? And they've expanded that feeding program. And then they've been able to also begin a, a new school. They're starting a school on their campus for kids who can never get to a grade school, a preschool, all of those kind of things. Then also adding their first church plant. They're planting their first church. And you saw on the screen, we held a medical clinic at that new church plant. We led some worship at that new church plant. We, we, we poured a concrete floor with them. And so those are some gains in Mexico in our ministry there. And then this year we gained in our ministry in the Philippines uh, some exciting things. But first, I got to let you know that the executive pastor and the pastor of Pasig Friends Church, the mother church of all the other 15 churches there in the Philippines, is here. He's right back there. Pastor Chris, would you stand up? He's here with us. <laughs> and he's going to be with us this month. He's going to be sharing God's word with you next week, and we're excited. And so please talk with Pastor Chris. But in our ministry in the Philippines, uh, we've watched them expand their outreach through vacation Bible schools on three different islands and youth gatherings and youth camps on three different islands. And they're having sports camps and sports fellowship gatherings of youth in the Manila area and just all kinds of things that they're expanding. We're, we're watching them have the beginnings of a new church plant on the island of Samar. And so 
we've just had all kinds of wonderful gains through Pastor Chris's leadership. And then this year we've gained in our ministry in our last church plant in Clovis. They are growing and they've had their first membership, or they call it partnership, uh, gathering. And so they gathered all these people together who said, we want to be a part of Clovis. We want to be a part of Valley Friends Church. We want to be partners and members of this ministry. And so they had their first charter membership happen. And uh, they're just excited. They're running around 200 people of an average. They've had over a dozen people enter into their leadership institute to say, I want to grow closer to Christ. I want to learn how to serve him better. And so they're going through leadership uh, development classes there. And so because of what starts here, we've had all of these gains in even other places in the world. Through all of our ministry efforts, more people this year have decided to invite Jesus into their lives as their Savior and Lord. More people have grown closer to him. So I want you to know as we begin this celebration, God is doing some good things in us. He's doing some good things for us. And he's doing some awesome things through us. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, today, God has led me to talk with you about running the race that he has called us to run, both, both personally and then as a church family together. He's called us to run a race Now, most of you know that the main thing that God has called you and me to do is to make more followers of Jesus and then help those who begin to follow Jesus become better followers of Jesus. That's the main thing that God has called every Christ follower to do and every church family to do. And doing that starts with you and me. It starts with us personally running the race that he has called us to run. And at the same time, running the race that he calls us to run together, to do what we can together to make more and better followers of Jesus Christ. But how do we do that? And and, and how can we do that in a way that actually does yield greater results in making more followers of Jesus and better followers of Jesus? So that we can look back someday and say, because the way I led my life at work, at home, at school, because of the way I modeled the Jesus Christ who is in me, that person has come to know him too. That person's gonna be in heaven with me. Wow, we wanna see those kind of results because of how we live personally and because of what we do as a church. The Bible says this, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us, Strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility that he, Jesus, endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. This morning, I feel God leading me to talk with you about running life's greatest race. Life's greatest race, because in this life, We're all running towards something, amen? 
We're all racing towards something, whether it's prosperity or some house we want to buy or some remodel we want to do or some car we want to attain, some degree we want to get in school. And we live in a time when people are signing up to run in all kinds of races for all kinds of causes. We live in a day when people are paying out sums of money to run in all kinds of marathon races to donate to all kinds of good causes. We live in a time when there are so many good things to run to and to run for, and most every one of them is to benefit a really good cause. But they're usually a temporary cause. So this morning, I want to talk with you about not ignoring life's greatest race, which is the only race that yields an eternal benefit, that benefits somebody for all of their lives. Listen, life's greatest race is personally running to Jesus yourself. That is life's greatest race. And then together, running for the cause of sharing Jesus with others. Folks, this is the only race that causes a soul, another person's soul, to live with Jesus forever. So the question I want to begin with is this. How do you run to Jesus and for Jesus? How do you run life's greatest race personally? How can you make sure that you're running to Jesus and for Jesus? How do you run so the end result is you making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ? Write this down as we begin. Running life's greatest race requires eliminating what slows you down. Here's how you do that. First of all, eliminate what slows you down. Now, everyone who runs in a race has to eliminate whatever might slow him down. Jogging suit comes off, water bottle gets set down, no wristwatch, no ring, visor comes off. Whatever might slow that runner down is stripped away. And the Bible tells us to do the very same thing in our, in our race to and for Jesus. Take a look at this. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Now, in, in all of our lives, there needs to be a stripping off of all things that might slow us down and trip us up in our race to Jesus and our race for Jesus. So here's the question this morning. What is slowing you down? What have you put on or what have you put into your life that is slowing down your spiritual growth? What is slowing down your personal run toward knowing Jesus better? Toward serving Jesus better? What do you need to strip off to allow you to have more time and more energy to seek Him, to run toward Him? What can you cancel from your calendar? What personal desire can be discarded? Is there another race you're preferring to run instead of racing to him? Now this morning, and I'm not going to give you the answers to all these questions because our Holy Spirit's going to be very faithful to speak into your heart and mind what you need to hear. 
But whatever those things are, strip it off. Put it down. And then beyond that, the scripture says, what's tripping you up? Not only slowing you down, but tripping you up. As you begin to run to Jesus and run for him, what are those things that are causing you to almost stumble and fall down? Is there some sinful thing that you keep practicing and you you start running for Jesus and things are going good, but then they trip you up and again you fall into sin? Is there some sinful thing that you're practicing that's slowing you down, tripping you up? Is there some sinful thing that's tripping you up and messing up your run? And maybe it's been messing up your run to Jesus for years. Is there something sinful taking your focus off your run to Jesus and for him? Whatever it is, folks, strip it off. Set it down. Walk away. Running life's greatest race that causes a soul to live forever requires eliminating what slows you down. Second, it also requires enduring the pain that comes. Now, everyone that I know that's ever run a marathon tells me there's a point where there's some pain. There's a point where some real pain comes. Now, If you've run one of those races, you know that that pain comes and you know that you have to endure it and you have to push past it to finish the race. The Bible says this, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Look at Jesus. He endured the pain of the race that God the Father set before him. He knows about pain. He knows about hostility from other people. He knows about being physically beaten and placed on a cross. He knows about rejection. He he knows about all of the pain of this life. He knows that running to God in this life, he knows that running for God's purpose in this life can be hard and it can be painful. So what did he do? He put his Holy Spirit in you when he ascended to the Father When you ask Jesus to come into your life, he sent the Holy Spirit into your life. So he sent to you God, the Holy Spirit, to be with you during your race, to strengthen you for the race. So, in fact, the Bible says that this Holy Spirit, God himself in you, will never leave you, never fail you, and never forsake you. As you run to the the race of life, God is with you. Amen? He's with you. And so that makes enduring a little easier, knowing that you're not alone. And so I want to ask this question. So what's hurting you? As you try to run to Jesus, what's hurting you on the inside, making you want to quit your run? It might be some unanswered questions about why is this? Why is God letting this happen to me? I'm serving Jesus. I, I know him. I'm trying to follow him. Maybe it's an unanswered question. And the thing in your life that's hurting on the inside is so painful. It just makes you, if God's not going to help me, I'm just going to run away. Maybe it's delayed answers to prayer about a need you have. You've been praying about your marriage or some family relationship or, or some of your kids' needs. And you feel like the prayer hasn't been answered. What is so hurting you on the inside that it makes you want to quit running to Jesus? And for Jesus. And next question is this. What's hitting you on the outside? Like a 
you begin your run and there just comes this big wind that just hits you on the outside and almost stops you and makes you want to quit your run. You just feel like you can't run against the wind. What has unexpectedly hit you on the outside that makes you want to quit running to Jesus or for him? Is it a health crisis? Is it a financial turnaround or upset? Whatever it might be, understand this. Whatever is hurting you and whatever is hitting you is not coming from God. It's just a part of living in our broken world. But no matter what's hurting you or hitting you, here's the deal. God will run with you. God will strengthen you. And our God, if necessary, he'll even pick you up and carry you to the finish line. Amen? That's our God. He doesn't tell us to to run this race alone. And so he wants you to endure the pain that comes, but to not stop running the, the greatest race of life, which is to him, And for him. He wants you to run with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all of your strength. And when your strength runs out, he'll give you more. Running life's greatest race requires eliminating what slows you down. It requires enduring the pain that comes into your life and running anyway. And then third, write this down. It requires eyeballing Jesus the champion. I needed another word that started with E, and that's the best I could do. But the scripture says that we're to fix our eyeballs, our eyes on Jesus. If you're going to run the race, you've got to keep your eyes fixed on him. You've got to keep your eyeballs glued to Jesus. And why? Because he's the champion. He's already run this race. He's already won this race. And he's now seated next to God the Father. And from his position next to God the Father, he's willing to coach you on how to run the race. He's there to cheer you on to run the race. But you got to keep your eyes fixed on him, your coach. The Bible says this, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So here's the big question. What's been pulling your eyes off of Jesus? What are you looking at so much that you have no time to look at Jesus? House projects? We're doing some, and I know how that can take your time away from Jesus. Is it the piled up laundry? Vacation plans? The TV? Have you noticed how much how big they're getting? <laughs> and the bigger they get, the more you want to watch it. It's awesome. Is, is it Here it is. Pinterest. <laughs> I know some of you ladies. Is it your kids enrolled in too many things? What is keeping your eyes away from Jesus, the champion runner who can tell you how to run, who can show you how to run? He wants to help you run. He wants to help you finish the race. He wants to help you get the prize of eternal life. But to finish and get the prize, you've got to keep your eyes on him. And what is the prize for finishing the race? 
It's being given the crown of eternal life. It's being given the crown of life and spending eternity in heaven with God the Father. With Jesus the Son who came and paid the price that you owed to cleanse and wash away every sin and the penalty for every sin. It's spending eternity with God the Holy Spirit who entered your life and did the actual washing and did the actual leading you through life and the strengthening you beyond your own strength for living this life. It's actually spending eternity with the believers who have died and and gone to heaven before you. It's actually spending in the most life, in the most beautiful creation you could ever imagine. A creation with no sin. That's what the prize is. Eternal life like that. And all of God's people said, wow, wow. (laughs) We've got that coming to us at the end of the race. That's why the Apostle Paul writes this. I press on to reach the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Amen? Amen. And so God is there at the finish line. Jesus is there at the finish line. He's saying, come on. Come on, Kyle. Keep running. Come on, Steve. Keep running. Paul, don't you give up. Keep running. I'm waiting for you. And when you get here, you get the crown. Amen? Oh, how special that is. And so he's cheering us on to finish the race and get the prize that he so wants to give us. But in every person's life, there are things that arise and things that tempt them to keep them from running life's greatest race. Things arise and say, run to this, run to that. Do this, do that. And it pulls us away from life's greatest race. So the key to running, the key to finishing life's greatest race is eliminating what slows you down. What is that today? It's then enduring the pains that come no matter what they are. And eyeballing Jesus, the champion, keeping your eyes fixed on him as you run. Because when you keep your eyes fixed on him, you will find yourself doing the main thing he's called you to do. And that's making more and better followers of Jesus, saying, come run with me. When you keep your eyes fixed on him, you'll find yourself doing the things that cause others to start running to Jesus and for Jesus. They will join you in the race. When you keep your eyes fixed on him, you'll find yourself doing the things that benefit souls for eternity. There's no better cause than that. And so that's why together we work really hard at everything we do here. But especially we work hard to do things that will benefit souls, your souls, keeping you in the race and souls that yet don't know him. That's why we do all that we we do and all that you saw on the screen today. And one of the next things that we've been talking about doing for the the past two or three years is building a thing called the park. Once again, to benefit souls that don't yet know him. Folks, once that park is done, 
It's going to allow us to meet the codes that are required to start some things that we've been dreaming about starting but can't until we meet those codes. It's going to help us meet the codes required to start a daycare ministry, to better minister to families and and two income, two work moms and dads working and driving and commuting and uh, to have a daycare ministry to minister to kids and parents. It's going to finally allow us to meet the codes required to start an after-school care ministry and a, and a tutoring ministry. We've been longing to start those things, but there are codes that our current facility, they just don't meet. And so we have to have so much square footage of, of play space and outdoor space and food space and things like that. It allows us to meet those codes so we can actually start those things to better minister to families in our community. Once this is done, we'll be able to offer kids, youth and adults, a place to come play in a safe environment. Once this is done, every current ministry that we're already doing can be expanded and enhanced all to benefit souls. I'm dreaming of the day, instead of just trying to cram 250 or 300 of you in here for Thanksgiving dinner, about having it out there on the court with heaters and a live concert outdoors for Thanksgiving dinner. Wouldn't that be awesome? Whole community would smell our turkey. It'd just be awesome. I'm thinking about outdoor uh, concerts, youth concerts, community concerts, outdoors, family nights, sports leagues. And with all of those things aimed at doing the main thing that Jesus has called us to do. Because it will help people come. It'll help people provide uh, opportunities for us to all run to and for Jesus. And so that's our goal. And so we're looking at, at doing this park running this race together, building this park so that we can do some things that we can't yet do today. Now, most of you know that we've been raising funds to build this park, and to date, we have raised over $160,000. Over $190,000 has been pledged. Uh, $160,000 has been given. Part of those $160,000 funds were used to help start Valley Friends Church and a cash flow fund. And so when you subtract those things out and some fees we've paid for studies for the park and engineering and those kind of things for the park, we have actually today on hand $106,000 cash in hand designated for just the park. To date, we're getting bids from three different contractors, and those are all being calculated together. And it looks like we can actually build this park for right around $200,000. And as we've previously committed to you, we're not going to build it, though, until we can have all cash in hand. We're not going to have any debt. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So it's all going to be cash, all right? And so it's taking us a little bit longer to do it all cash, but that's our commitment. So where are we on this vision today? As today, the architectural plans are done. The city's approval has been granted. The civil engineering is done. The structural engineering is done. The contractor bidding is almost done. So as soon as the funds are in hand, we can start building the park. So what, we, what do we need? We need a few really significant gifts to take that $106,000 up to $150 or $160 or so. And then we need a several smaller gifts, all of us chipping in, to get us to that $200,000 mark. And then when God puts an amount on our hearts, We just need to give it and put it on your offering envelope or on your check. Just designate it to the park, and that will only go to the park. And so if we all just kind of get involved in some way, those funds are going to come in. 
And folks, this part of our vision is aimed once again at doing the main thing that Jesus has called us to do. It will help people come to our campus. It will provide a place for kids to get off of the streets after school and have a safe place to play. It will provide opportunities for all to run to Jesus and for Jesus. So here's the big question. If we do this, and if just one child comes to the park, and because of relationships developed here and modeling that we do before that kid, if that kid decides to run to Jesus, will it, will it have been worth our sacrifice and our cost? Amen. If one family comes to play at the park and decides to run to Jesus, will it have been worth the sacrifice and the cost? Absolutely. More souls in heaven. Now, some of us spend more than this to build our private pool in our backyard or uh, our own basketball court in our backyard for just our family. But this is for all of us. This is for the entire community. And so if one comes and runs to Jesus, it will be worth it. And so, folks, I want to say to you, it's time for Canyon Hills to run. It's time to run. But it all starts with you and me running the race personally better than we've ever run it before. That's where it all starts. Because when we all do that personally, then things will begin to happen corporately. God thinks will begin to happen like never before through us. So here's the question. Are you personally really running life's greatest race? Can you say today that you, you every morning, you're running to Jesus? Every day, you're running to him and you're running for him in some way using the gifts he's given to you. Can you say you're really running to him and for him? I want to say to you this morning, don't let anything keep you from running life's greatest race. Don't let anything keep you from finishing life's greatest race. Don't let anything keep you from receiving the prize of God. Don't let anything get in the way. You're going to be asked to run towards all kinds of things by Satan, by our community, by our society, but don't let anything keep you from running to and for Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Folks, I'm going to show my age here, but there was a movie a long time ago that was out. Remember Forrest Gump? All right. Some of you are as old as I am. <laughs> Remember the key line that people kept shouting in the Forrest Gump movie? Run, Forrest! Run! And he did. He ran everywhere. Well, today, God the Father is saying to you and to us as a church family, run! Run, Team Jesus. Run to Jesus. Run for Jesus. Come on, Canyon Hills. Come on, Team Jesus. Run. God wants us to run. And you need to understand that as we run, he's waiting for you at the finish line. He's waiting for this church family at the finish line with the crown of life. Amen? Whew, that's good enough to think about, isn't it? That's just awesome. He's waiting for us. 
It'd be cool if we could all go at the same time as a church, wouldn't it? <laughs> We're here, God. But he's waiting for you. He's waiting for me. Let's pray. Just bow your heads and I just want to pray this prayer. Our Father in heaven, may we hallow your name. And Lord, we may be one year older as a church family. But at age 27, we're still young. And we want to make a positive, eternal difference in our families' lives and in the lives of the people in our community. So today, personally and corporately, we choose to run. By the power in your name, by the power of your Holy Spirit in us, we choose to run to you and for you every day of our lives. We pray this in your powerful name, Lord Jesus. And God's church said, Amen. Amen.